So, what we've been doing on Wednesday nights is we have been talking about why prosperity is important, why we should be interested in it. We're eliminating dumb motives for wanting it and having it. We're making sure our motives are right. And when I'm talking about prosperity, we're not talking about being a billionaire. We're not necessarily talking about being a millionaire, but we are talking about having enough to do everything the Lord's called us to do, to support everything He's called us to support, to be the blessing He wants us to be. Has anybody like me, has anybody ever been in a place in public, somebody you see at the mall, don't even know them, maybe you do, maybe you don't, out of town, all of a sudden they un unlock your compassion? Anybody, whoever unlocks your compassion, you're called to minister to. You know that. John G. Lake said that a long time ago. Whoever unlocks that compassion on the inside of you, you're called to do something for that person. Pray, bless them with something financially or materially, uh, say a good word to them, something. But have you ever been in a situation where your compassion is unlocked and you had nothing to give them that your heart was telling you to give them? That is not fun. Whoso has this world's goods. Isn't it interesting you didn't say, whoso has this world's bads? <laughs> things of this world are called goods according to the Bible. Nothing wrong with things. Whoso has this world's goods and sees his brother have need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how does the love of God even dwell in him? So see, if God can't get it to us, he can't get it through us. How are we going to give people good things if we don't have good things? Hmm? And so we need to look at ourselves more as vessels and channels that God can pour through so he can get things to other people he's been wanting to get to them. I've had people unlock my compassion before, and I didn't have anything, and I said, oh, man, I'm not going to live like this anymore. Not fun. When you know compassion is to bless somebody with something and you don't have it. Well, we're talking about why prosper. So turn with me to Mark, actually turn to 3 John verse 2, and then we'll go to our scripture tonight in Mark 16. But 3 John 2, this is where this series and the series on Sunday morning is based on this one scripture. Sunday morning, we're talking about healing and health. Wednesday nights, we're talking about prosperity and wealth. And one of the reasons is, is because the Lord led me to do this. <laughs> but just to be a little more explanatory about it, God is bringing this church into the best shape of its life, financially and physically, health-wise. He's bringing us up to what will be in the best shape we've ever been in all of our life, financially and in the health area. And um, two weeks ago on a Wednesday night, the Lord also prophesied that He's turning up the power and the anointing in our church through a prophecy. He said He's turning up the anointing in our church to get people healed of depression. I believe it. I've seen it. There's something about our services here. When people come to a service, they're lifted up above this earth realm. Amen. Everything that's going on in this earth realm, everything from addictions to suicide to deaths, and all. That, when you come to a church service at Faith Heights and other places, I'm sure, he lifts us up above that and we see it from his perspective. And we realize, I can go on. I can move forward. I can be healed up. It's a really cool thing that he told us that he's turning up the power. He also said that he's in, the, in these days that we're living in now, he told us by the word of prophecy, and I believe it totally, totally witnesses with my heart and scripture. And he said that in these last days, he's going to start hooking up a strong 
prosperous businessmen with pastors and missionaries and leaders more than ever before. And they're going to start realizing businessmen have just as much a holy calling as a preacher behind the pulpit. Because if that's what God called the businessman to do and he's faithful doing that, he's going to get the same reward as the prophet if he, the prophet's doing what he's supposed to do. And the scripture for that is if you receive a prophet or a pastor or a teacher, if you receive a prophet or a righteous man, if you receive a prophet or support a prophet or help a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward and you're not even a prophet. You get a prophet's reward. Why? Because the prophet can't do what he's called to do without supporters. God designed the system in such a way where everybody needs everybody. And it's so cool to think that you, you, people think, well, I, I'm never going to be able to serve God full time. I can't even talk right and I can't get behind a pulpit. I'm just a businessman. You're not just a businessman. If you're called to be a businessman, that's a holy calling. And I, I sense that in these last days, the Lord's going to start hooking people up that need to be hooked up. We've already seen it some to a degree in these last days, and it's going to be powerful. And there's about to happen some more transfer, too, of wealth from the camp of the unrighteous into the camp of the righteous. There's scripture after scripture in Job, Ecclesiastes, other scriptures that talk about these people are making all this, all these non-believers are making all this money not realizing they're actually making it because it's going to all be laid up for the righteous and those that care for the poor and want to help people. I don't know how the transfer is actually going to happen specifically, but it's going to happen because God said it more than twice. Cool. So 3 John verse 2, John the Apostle, who would never wish for or want or pray for anything that he didn't first know was the perfect will of God, right? The disciple whom Jesus loved, he's, he's not going to be wishing and praying for something that is not God's will. So he said, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Hmm... So we know that the Lord's most interested in our insides being where they're supposed to be. But if your insides are doing well, the next greatest thing is prosperity and health on your outward so you can take that inward prosperity where it needs to go and help the people you need to help, support what you need to support. Very interesting, John said, above all things. Man, you could think of a list of things he could have put there, right? Above all things. What did he say? Prosper. Be in health even as your soul prospers. So if your soul's prospering, you should be excited about health and prosperity coming into your life. Now, it doesn't come just because it's in the Bible. You've got to read it and believe it. Read it and believe it, and it'll start to come into your life. It's called attracting good success. So look at Mark 16 now. I'm going to share some things tonight that I think are the core of Christianity. All right, now, when I'm talking about prosperity... Do you realize God prospering you is not limited to the place you're working right now? If you're an employee or if you're an employer, your prosperity is not limited to that place. Has anybody besides us ever received prosperity from a place beyond your paycheck? Uh, yeah. Well, that can happen a lot more. 
Now, God will use the place you work and anoint you in that area, especially if you're faithful and strong and working hard and being a blessing and really serving. I mean, somebody's got to be on the top. Why not you? <laughs> right? So turn to Mark 16. And I want to talk tonight for the remaining time about obedience. Why prosper? Because obedience to God requires it. I, when, when we talk about, when the church talks about helping the poor, I want to be a really good steward of everything, everything the Lord gives us. And I've realized the day and age in which we live, there's not a lot of poor people around us here. People who can't do things for themselves. People who can't work. People who can't. Are you following me? All right, can I just be, okay, mid, midweek meat. Can I get a little meaty on you? There's a big difference between poor people and lazy people. All right, and as a leader, I don't want to be feeding something that is only going to grow into a bigger problem. And so we have to be led. You know, I really believe the only way, at least here, probably the only way we're going to find out, one of the only ways we're going to find out where the truly poor people are is by the leading of the Spirit and people who actually know somebody personally. Because poor people usually aren't broadcasting they're poor. They're trying to make a living best they know how. Single mom, the widow, is trying her best to raise three kids, right? And uh, she's working hard and well, those are the kind of people I want to find. That's who I believe the Lord's leading us to, to find those kind of people. We totally believe in helping the poor. But what is, what is, what's the definition of poor versus somebody who just doesn't want to work? I mean, can, can I just give you scripture for people like that? The Bible says, he that doesn't work should not eat. He that can work and doesn't work should not eat. Hmm. <laughs> we had a guy one time come into our church when we were down on North Avenue. My mom was secretary back then, and um, this guy came into our church and said, I just want to borrow some, I just want some money from the church because, you know, the Bible says, uh, give to him that asks of you. And if somebody comes to you asking for money, you're supposed to help him out. If you ask for a coat, and I'm sitting there in the office going, yeah, yeah. And the Bible also says, he that doesn't work doesn't eat. <laughs> Looks like if you're well able enough to come in here and ask for money, you should be out there looking for a job. <laughs> Well, we don't give to everybody that says they need money. And you know the reason we don't? Because we're going to be good stewards of what the Lord brings That's into right. this ministry. Right. And, and even, even beyond that, I mean, there's times the Lord's told us to give to people who had no lack at all in their life. I don't know if God just wanted to show their love to some businessman or if God just wanted to bless them. I mean, sometimes it's not even about the money. It's about the act of love and compassion. That could just change a person's life. The amount has nothing to do with it in some of these situations. But Lord's at times led us not to give to people who are asking for money. And at times he led us to give to people who weren't asking for money. And I know one of the reasons why I was driving down the road one day and the Lord was kind of talking to me. He says, son, do you want me to tap on people's shoulder to help you and bless you with some of these projects that you guys need some help with financially? I said, yeah, I'd really like that a lot. He said, okay, then why don't you, instead of just driving down the road, zoning out on Christian radio or whatever, why don't you start quoting, my God shall supply all my need. He said, I can deal with people to help you, not when you're in need, but when you're in faith. He can deal with people who are looking for places to help, you know, 
well-off, gifted in the area of in, you know, prosperity. He said, if you will get in faith, I will deal with people to help you. You can't just have a need. You got to have faith. You got to be looking to me as your source. And God said, I'll start tapping on people's hearts to help you if you'll drive down the road and quote some of these scriptures more often instead of just thinking what, on whatever you want to think on. Yeah, but pastor, it's not bad. Yeah, but is it powerful? Just because it's good doesn't mean it's something you should be giving all your time to. Make sure it's good and powerful. Right? One time I was driving down the road and I was listening to some good Christian music. Nothing wrong with listening to good Christian music. And the Lord said, you know, son, you're doing something really good right now with your time, but you're not doing something most powerful. You should turn the radio off for a little while and pray in tongues and and because see, the Lord was dealing with that time about praying in the Spirit more. And I thought, you know, I could be doing something good, but there might be something more powerful I could be doing that's also good. Maybe I should be doing that instead of just doing what I feel like doing. Anyway, so go back now to uh, 3 John 2. and then we'll, Oh, I'm sorry, Mark 16. Go to Mark 16. So this is number one on my list of eight things that requires prosperity that the Lord asks us and tells us to do. Okay, this is one of them. You ready? This is one of the eight things that I have on my list is the reason we should want to prosper and the reason we should be believing for increase in our lives. Now, I'm not saying you can't make some money and get some increase by, doing, by not doing these things, but if you do it this way, it's so much better. <laughs> right? There's a lot of people that got the money, but they also got some terrible side effects with it because of the way they got it. Well, God's way has no sorrow with it. So let's look here in Mark 16, verse 15. We call it the Great Commission to all believers. And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Question. How can we do that if we're broke? Now, there's goers and there's senders. Not all of us are going to physically go like Seth and Shelley. But we don't have to to partake of the same reward. They can't go without support. We can't do what we're called to do here in this church without support. So really, why would one get a bigger reward than the other if each other needs both, you know, if we both need each other? The, the senders need the goers so they can be a part of a good work and have some fruit abound to their account. And the goers need the senders, obviously, or how are they going to go? And so this scripture, if you just, just look at some of the natural, does it, would it cost money? Is it going to cost money for you guys to go to Croatia? Yes, it's going to cost money. Airline tickets, uh, food, travel, lodging, and once they get there. Well, that costs money. How can we even obey the Lord if we don't have enough prosperity to obey the Lord? There's goers and there's senders, right? And it, we, the devil wants the church broke. So our influence is nothing except maybe a few little people around that. He wants, he wants to shut mouths. He wants to shut preachers' mouths. He wants to shut down churches. He wants to shut down ministries. I just, I just figure if they can build a $500 million 
Now it's like a billion dollar casino in Las Vegas and pay it off in a few years. I don't know why a church can't get paid off in a couple of years. We believe more in what we're doing than they're, I think, than what they're doing. Well, I believe it's happening. This is the day. The glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. We're going to see more prosperity come into the church in these last days than we've seen up to this point. And one of the reasons he's had to get us so grounded in the word so that when the input, when prosperity does increase, we stay right on track. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, increase of finances has a strong pull. You have to make decisions, be accountable, have things set up before it happens. So when it happens, you stay right on track with what the Lord's called you to do. I'm sorry to say that if the Lord did give some people a million dollars right now, they wouldn't be in church for four months. You've heard of stories of people winning the lottery. They were not able to handle it. Some people, if you gave them a million dollars, they'd be dead in two weeks. And that's why the word has to be in a strong, so when the increase happens, we just stay right on track. So he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Keep going. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not will be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. That's divine protection. It's not tempting the Lord. That's protection in the line of duty. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And, the Lord, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Now, preaching everywhere means a lot of these guys had a family. Preachers usually have families, you know, and they need to be taken care of. So not only the expenses of the ministry, but the expenses of taking care of the minister is also involved in this. And so it's going to take prosperity. It's interesting to think that of all, of, I, don't, I know a lot of pastors, we have a lot of friends who are in the ministry, in the pastoral ministry. I don't know any of them who are short on vision. Wow, we've got so much money, we just don't know what to do. I mean, you know, we're doing everything the Lord told us to do. Almost every pastor friend I have, whether I've talked to them or just can see it in the ministry, nobody has a shortage of vision. This church has no shortage of vision. <laughs> We're about ready to present some more things to the church real quick here, but we have no shortage of vision. I mean, there is levels we can reach. Help, we can help so many more people. When this building is paid off, which we're headed there quick, when this building is paid off, oh, the things we'll be able to do, the freedom, the outreach, the increase, the helping people, the preaching of the gospel, amazing things we can do. The interest payments right now are just, ugh. hate paying interest. I think one, one of the definitions of interest is bite of the serpent. It's not cool. And you know the word mortgage, you know where that comes from, right? Morgue. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's a sin to get a loan because the Bible talks about us lending. And if it'd be wrong to borrow, then it'd be wrong to lend. But um, mortgages, um, that used to be a very terrible thing a person had to do in the olden days to mortgage their farm. That was not cool. That was like a, a death begun thing, not fun. Well, mortgages are getting paid off. God's house is getting paid off. These are the last days we've got to be completely free. 
you and I need to be completely free from these, this thing called debt. And that's why we say every time we meet, our debts and our loans are being reduced and eliminated. And it's happening. Now, if you want to be rich, you got to not want to be rich just to be rich. <laughs> right? You can't ever be, oh, I want to be rich. That's number one. No, 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 no. But really, if you want to come up financially, you have to have a heart for the lost. I'm talking about God's way. You, you, can, you can do things your way, like I said, and, you know, get some money just because God's gifted you and using your money in the business area and working real hard and blah, 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 blah. But if you want to come up God's way, and I believe that's why we're here tonight, if we want to come up God's way, we have to be very interested in the lost being saved. And before you freak out and think, oh, I just don't think I'm an evangelist. I just don't think I can get behind a pulpit. Don't have to. Very few people will be behind a pulpit teaching a class. Most of the valuable parts of the body of Christ will never be behind a pulpit. But there won't be anybody behind the pulpit if the other parts aren't doing their part. Just supporting a church that's reaching the lost. I'm so thankful. We have altar calls in our church all the time. Just even last Sunday, five to six people raised their hand to get saved. That's awesome. That happens all the time here. And the, the Lord's given us an idea. We're, we're going we're gonna to take this a little more serious. We're gonna, sometimes we have them come forward. Sometimes they just raise their hand. But the Lord's dealing with us about some things we can tweak and do to where anybody that raises their hand, they're going to want to come forward, at least when the service is over, to receive the things that we're going to have for them. We're going to make those things clear and available to them also. But um, we, the, if you had any questions about Faith Heights Church, we are highly, definitely, Mondo interested in winning the lost. And that has a lot to do with us doing our part in our individual orbit of life, but it also has to do with bringing people to this church so they can hear the messages, raise their hand, get saved, pray the salvation prayer, and then we can follow up on them. You know, we, we came to a realization about six, seven months ago. We wanted to shorten our vision. I have a paragraph uh, of our vision. I've got two sentences of our vision. Now I've got three words. <laughs> that sum up our vision. They all say the same thing. And it's basically grow and go. And what it means is we're here to grow up in God and then to go out into our orbit of life and be an influence for Jesus and bring lots of people to church and pray prayers out there if you can, if they're open, but definitely bringing them here where there's anointing. You know, they're going to see more of Jesus when they're in church because we are the body of Christ. And they're going to see more of Jesus in church than even out there. Now, they'll see Jesus out there, depending on how hungry they are and how anointed you are. You can make connections, pray prayers out there. But still, we've got to bring them to the inn so they can be taken care of and grow and not slip back. The Bible says, if you escape the pollutions of the world and get saved and, and then not too long after fall back and get entangled in the pollutions of the world again, Peter talks about that being worse, than, than being worse after than even before which is a heavy thing. I mean, that's pretty interesting. So in other words, if we're going to get somebody empty and clean, we better get them filled. And that has a lot to do with bringing them to church, introducing them to your friends, getting them on the help steam, right? Going from the, going from the community to the crowd, right? From the crowd to the congregation, and then from the congregation to the core. That's where the ministry of helps comes in. That's where service, service teams comes yeah. in. We want to get them from the community to the crowd. Yeah. But that's no sign they're part of the congregation. Right. 
you know, when they're part of the congregation, they come back once in a while, right? And then once they're part of the congregation, we want to get them in the core. This is, this, is, this is God's heartbeat. This is God's heartbeat right here. God's, you know, the, the apex of Christianity is to know God and to bring people to Jesus. That is the highest thing concerning Christianity is know God and bring people to him. Help people get born again. Say this. True Christianity. How about say the, say the heart of Christianity is to know God and win the lost. Well, if that's his righteous cause, he takes pleasure in prospering us. Actually, at dinner tonight, I really sense the Lord said if we will make any tweaks and adjustments on the inside to get that heart for the lost and to help see them grow and develop in God once they are saved, and a lot of that's done just through supporting your church that's doing these things every day, I sense the Lord said you'll immediately see some increase coming into your life. Now, we're not doing it for that. Please don't get messed up in your motives. We're not doing it for that, but that's how it's going to happen. The, the scripture that comes to me on that is where Jesus was teaching the word one day because he wanted to get people saved. He wanted people to come to him. He wanted people to follow him. And so he's like being pressed on by all these people. He needs a little a boat to continue teaching the people. He, he gets in Peter's boat and starts preaching and teaching and preaches his sermon, got done with the father's business, said, man, Peter, you just helped me preach the gospel. I'm going to give you some fish. I'm going to give you a miracle, man. I mean, this is big to the Lord. This is a huge deal. Supporting the preaching of the gospel, which is how people get saved, and supporting the teaching of the word is how people grow and develop. Huge to the Lord. Big deal to God. And so really, to do that effectively, we're going to have to prosper. I mean, the Great Commission requires that we prosper. No wonder the devil's against it and tries to get people against it. So let me ask you, just let me ask you a question about Mark 16. Go to all the world and preach the gospel. And that's t- talking to every one of us. We're either a goer or we're a sender, a supporter. Um, if we're not here on this earth right now as believers to win the lost, why are we here? If, if heaven is far better. Everybody read the scripture where it says to depart and be with Christ is far better. Okay, so why are we here then? If it's better to be with Christ, why didn't we just get translated? Why didn't it just hold us down a little longer in the water when we were baptized? <laughs> why are we still here if heaven's better? Anybody? Now, I know there's other reasons, developing, growing, right, and maturing, growing in faith. But one of the main reasons we're still here is like Paul said, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. We're not here for ourselves. If we, if we were here for ourselves, wouldn't you rather just go to heaven? Yeah. It's far better. No opposing forces, no temptation, no crying, no dying, no sighing. Right? No pain, no sirens, no hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to just go? So why are we here? One primary reason we're still on this planet is to win the lost. And one of the best ways to win the lost is bring them to church services usually on Sunday mornings. This is more of a meet believers meeting. But on Sunday mornings, because there's an anointing. I preached on divine healing last Sunday. We're we're teaching on God wants you healed. It's not a side issue with the Lord. It's more than just, okay, he wants you healed. 
and people got saved. Yeah. Prayed the salvation yeah. prayer. I've taught on the end times. I've taught on finances and people get saved. It's amazing. And a lot of that happens on Sunday. We're expecting it to happen on Wednesday too, but more so on Sunday because everything seems geared toward that. So why are we here? Primarily to win the loss and be thinking about ways we can do that. You know, a lot of people don't see opportunities to win the loss because they're not looking for opportunities to win the loss. They're in a different mindset. They're in a different uh, lifestyle. They're not even thinking. There's people we walk by every day that if we would be a little slower and be a little more in prayer about it, the Holy Spirit would say, that person right there, befriend them. This person over here, serve. There's servant evangelism. There's friendship evangelism. There's power evangelism. There's victory evangelism. All right, so turn with me, please, to Luke 14. Do y'all realize that our own valley right here, there's a battle going on? Do y'all realize like there's this invisible battle for souls going on? If we never talk about these things, we'll slip into other thinking. A lot of believers are thinking, well, these lost people, they'll eventually come to the Lord on their own. I'm sorry to say, but that's a lot of people's thinking. They'll eventually come to the Lord on their own. I mean, I kind of did. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, somebody did something to bring you the gospel. Somebody did something to help you become aware of your need for Jesus. And sometimes I think we slip into this unconscious way of thinking, well, they'll eventually find the Lord. I mean, I don't have to go talk to them or invite them to church. They'll eventually find the Lord. God's good. No. No, God is good, but they, a lot of these people, most of them aren't eventually just going to find the Lord without somebody right. helping them find the Lord. Right. And so there's this battle going on, and it's, it's more serious than World War I. It's more serious than World War II. It's more serious than any war America's been in, anybody, any country. This is, a seri- this is for the souls of men. Yeah. This is a big deal. And we have to want prosperity so that we can do more in this area of winning these souls so they don't lose their battle. And he that wins souls is wise. Right? Did you all realize that the majority of people on this planet are not on the right road? The majority of the people in our city, they are not where they should be with the Lord, if they're even with the Lord at all. Jesus said it. I didn't. He said, broad is the way to destruction, and there are a ton of people on that path. Many. Say many. I know it's sobering, but many are not on the path they're supposed to be on. And they're not just going to magically, eventually, one day, oh, I'm on the path like you now. No, they're going to need an on-fire church, prayers of the saints, support, financial. They're going to need help. They're going to need help because they're not going to win if we're not there to help them win. All right. Let me, I want to say this to you. I know we think that sometimes we think that, oh, America and Canada, these Christian nations, I mean, full of believers. Um, I'm going to read you some here. I wrote this down. I was reading a book by Mark Anderson called Soul Winning, God's Heartbeat. And he mentioned this in this book. A friend of ours who lives in Wyoming called to India. They're all the time. His wife, Sharmila, is from India. And uh, they're there all the time. You guys been to India? That you uh, s- I walked into it once. <laughs> Did you? 
Okay. Okay. Well, Mark and Sharmila, who live in Wyoming, they go there all the time. And um, he wrote this book called Soul Winning, God's Heartbeat. He said this. He said, many people in America who call themselves Christians, listen to this. He says, many have been inoculated with a small dose of Christianity so they're immune to true Christianity. They've been inoculated with a small dose of Christianity so they are immune to true Christianity. Interesting. So even those people need us. Right? Sometimes we need wake-up churches and wake-up pastors and wake-up messages. Yeah. Like blow-the-trumpet type message, you know. Wake up! Yeah. Come above this! You're here for a higher purpose than you thought. Yeah. Come on, you're not just a nobody, you're valuable. Turn to Luke 14. So let's look here at Luke 14. And I believe we're going to have just enough time to read this. Luke 14. So you, do y'all see this though? Number one reason we should be interested in prosperity because we got to get this gospel out. This is a war zone. People need help. I mean, it's interesting to think, but more money in the right churches equals more people going to heaven. More money in the right hands of certain ministers, more people healed and delivered and set free. More people growing up, more people learning how to not waste their years and do the will of God. More money, more ministry. <clears throat> <clears throat> more money, more ministry. You cut, cut, it's going to either be, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, we're going to start sharing some more of these visions that we have for the church and outreaches and things. And so, and, and some of it's just to be stronger home base so our outreach can be stronger too, but uh, there's no shortage of vision. If you ever wondered, well, I wonder if I gave the church a million dollars if they would have, have gone just like that. Poof, gone. <laughs> Ten million, Gone. How do you know? Because we've already gotten prices. We've already looked. We've already done our research, gotten pictures, looked, gotten estimates on some of these things. We know. No shortage of vision, church. We've got all kinds of outreach ideas to win and help more people. So we're believing for an increase. And if, you know, I just, if, if actually one time I said, if you're not for prosperity, just don't be against it. And the Lord corrected me and said, stop. They need to be for it, not just not against it. <laughs> so let's read this. Luke 14. Um, you know, for time's sake, just go ahead and go to verse 23. Is that it, verse 23? So this is the story where the, the Lord sent out a servant and said, tell everybody to come, the dinner's ready. And all these people started to make excuse, saying, well, hey, thanks for the invitation, but... <laughs> I got a real estate deal I got to take care of. Hey, thanks for the invitation, you know, but I just got a new car and I want to go take a drive in the country, you know, try it out. Hey, uh, and one, one guy said, hey, thanks for the invite, Lord, but uh, I just got married. You know, I can't come. Oh, you just got married? I totally understand. Oh, I said he was angry. <laughs> he understood that something else was more important than the supper. Huh? Do y'all realize that there's going to be times in our life where business and work and even family is going to have to take a back seat if Jesus is really first? A birthday? An anniversary? A soccer game for the kids? I mean, if Jesus is really first, there's going to be times what we did have first 
is going to have to go to second. Oh, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go say bye-bye to mommy and daddy at home. The word first, key word. Like, like the Lord doesn't know you got family. Like, he, like he's not going to take care of them if you come. That's just a lack of faith. Well, if I follow the Lord, I can't say bye to mommy and daddy. Right. Now the Lord's going to have to take care of mommy and daddy. He can do a way better job than you just going home and say bye-bye. That's right. Well, Lord, let me first, y'all follow you, Lord, but let me first go bury my father. How I many of the Lord can take care of your daddy if you follow him? <laughs> it's all a faith issue. Do you believe that if you don't go home for the funeral and just follow Jesus, that Jesus will take care of the people at the funeral better than if you were there? If family's first, Jesus isn't. <laughs> right. There's only one first. There's only one first. I've seen more families messed up because they put each other first instead of God. And then when pressure came and hell came against them, they weren't hooked up with the power they needed because God wasn't first. They had unhooked the hose from God and hooked it up to each other. And then when all hell came against their family, they had no hookup to God to get the help they needed. Come on, you all know why the world's in a mess today, right? A man put his wife above the Lord. What she wanted and her wishes, he put, and here we are in the fallen world. Oh, man, where would man be? How does that go? <laughs> I better not say it. Where would man be without woman? Where would uh, Adam be without Eve? In the Garden of Eden. With animals. No, he messed up too. <laughs> Alone with the animals, Carla says. <laughs> No, hey man, it, it said he gave, she gave to him with her and they did eat. He was right there. He should have said, put that down, Eve. We ain't going to disobey God. I love you. I love you more than anybody on this planet, but I'm not going to hell for you, girl. Right? I'm he should have slapped that apple or whatever. It wasn't an apple, but he should have said, no, we're not doing that. Uh-uh, we're not going to eat of that tree. No way, Jose. Uh-uh, not going to happen. But why are we in a mess today? Because man put his wife above God. He loved his wife more than God, and we're here in a mess today. So anyway, that's it. Stand up, church.